Hello and welcome to Good Sex, Bad Sex, a podcast from metro.co.uk. It's a bit like mining for gold, but we've got a bigger shaft. <laughs> Sounds like nothing to do with the podcast, but you wait till you hear what we're talking you, about. You, you won't believe how clever that was. <laughs> I mean, face. not funny, sure, you, but clever. You won't believe how funny Miranda's introduction was. Click here. <laughs> My name, my name is BB Lynch, and I'm Miranda Kane. And coming up, or are they? Are they? Yes, 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 they are. Oh, yeah. Who are we yeah. chatting with? So we're going to be talking to two people who know everything there is to know about not blowing your load. I'm Shasta, and I'm Ian. We're from Seven Star Love. Ladies and gentlemen of the Good Sex, Bad Sex podcast, please welcome two people who will hopefully be able to teach us not to blow our load, especially when it comes to non-ejaculatory, non-ejaculatory, I'm going to leave them to say that. (laughs) It's a real mouthful. It really is. (laughs) (laughs) Orgasms for men. Please welcome Shasta and Ian from Five Star Love. Hello. 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 How are you? Fabulous. Non-ejaculatory orgasms for men. Brilliant. Non-ejaculatory <laughs> orgasms for men. Come again? Why? Yes. Why? Come on. Can we just say, we need to congratulate you, the two the most glamorous guests we've had. Look at the state, Miranda, with oh. respect. Yeah. And I do love you dearly. <laughs> you can't afford mascara? I know, I know. I know. <laughs> look at this, look at this. You two look glam and lovely. Miranda, how did we find these lovely people? What's happening? I've, I've got no idea, but fortunately <laughs> they landed in my inbox just in time uh, because I'm so fascinated. Okay, because normally like it's such a thing that men come and, and, and go, uh, very often in me and BB's case. So... Where do we even start? Please explain what non-ejaculatory orgasms are. Well, really, it's just um, holding on to your power to start with um, and understanding that the body is just a muscle and you can use it and and work it and flex it like you need to. Now, a non-ejaculatory orgasm is just really flexing that muscle and holding on so that you're not blowing your load or losing your mouthful too early (laughs) Um, and really taking control of the power of the spiritual energetic power of orgasm and holding it inside. So that's what we call tantric sex. Is it tantric? It's based on those, those practices. Absolutely. I think that when we look at it from a really like practical perspective, one is um, for a female partner. I mean, the, the, Ian and I have always had a fabulous sex life, but when he began to really learn how to control ejaculation, it's like as a woman, you can have, uh, you know, much deeper orgasms yourself because there is one, a different actual like energy connection during intercourse. But it's also that a lot of men, you know, the, the, for why would a man want to do this? Because he actually gets harder, lasts longer, and a woman can go to full vaginal sporting orgasms, which often takes a woman, you know, potentially a little bit longer. Um, and if a man is actually 
you know, orgasming in the first two minutes kind of thing, which we know from studies is a huge issue right now. The orgasm gap is only growing. This is one of the ways to actually close that. And so there is an actual physical pleasure, satisfaction perspective at a physical, you know, biological level. But then as Ian said, you know, there's actually a sort of self-mastery and therefore, I think a level of intimacy, trust, openness that can build with a female partner, because you actually, you know, can trust this man. He's quote unquote in control of himself. That was really my experience as, as a woman of, wow, this went from like, okay, this is like a, you know, okay steak to like, holy crap, we're eating like filet <laughs> mignon every day with like the best wine ever. So. <laughs> and- just explain to us, I'm so sorry, I, I mucked it up in the intro. I'm so sorry. I'm a, <laughs> I think it's because I was a big fan of theirs in the 80s, uh, because it's not five-star love. It is, in fact, seven-star love. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, and so just explain to us what seven-star love is and, and your relationship and how you found non-ejaculatory orgasms. Well, as, um, as Shasta said earlier, the non-ejaculatory orgasms really just tantric sex and practice and trying to take our sex lives into a, a deeper, more spiritual, energetic level. Um, and then really like, I'm not an advocate for saying like, you should never like ejaculate or, or finish. I'm just saying you should be able to really harness your power and have those like little, not even little, like orgasms inside the same way a woman can, where you're storing up energy till you like can't hold it anymore. And Seven Star Love was really born out of, um, we talk very openly and frankly, like we had a great sex life. We had a great marriage. We were actually talking about getting divorced. We had a great marriage until we didn't have a great marriage. Until we didn't have a great marriage. (laughs) And it was bad. Yeah. So we went from five star to zero stars and decided five stars wasn't even good enough. We're going to live a seven star life together. I think, you know, the, the, the fun thing that even before that is when Ian and I got together, we've been together for almost 20 years. This I'm is not, always fun. I'm not very good with dates. Um, is I actually had gone to India. Uh, I went through this like kind of like early life crisis where I was like, oh my God, I can't <laughs> go on like this. I got to go and do, I did like eat, pray, love before, you know, was, I wish that I'd written that book. But yeah. <laughs> anyways, I was in India and actually Ian and I had gotten together. We were friends for several years. So, you know, there was like the slow burning fire, went to India. I was like, I got to get my shit together basically. And I came back and we got together. And while I was gone, he started studying these techniques. He didn't tell me about it. I wasn't prompted. Um, and Ian is a very like guy's guy. He wasn't like into all the woo-woo shit that I was. and. We actually met in London. So we're Canadian. I was in India. He was in in Canada near Toronto. We met in London. And the first night we were together, we actually were staying at this B&B and we actually broke their bed. And I was like, (laughs) what the hell happened? Like, what what did you do? And and then we missed a plane actually too. Um, So this is, you know, this is, this is what it can be like, you know, and I think that we're not, we're not, special, but we learned, uh, Ian learned these techniques. And then for me as a woman, what I actually had to learn in all transparency is I actually had to learn that this could be, you know, more pleasurable, more open, more vulnerable, more passionate, and than I ever thought possible. And it actually required for me the ability to almost 
be taken and to take him at a deeper level. And so, you know, it's interesting because we, we definitely need to talk about, you know, men upping their sexual game. Like, I'm just going to put that out there. And there's no shame in that. I mean, clearly we can see from around the world, we all need a good fuck these days. Like there's like, you know, men taking responsibility for who they are in the bedroom and outside of the bedroom. And part of that is learning how to be a really, very, very skillful lover. But what happens in turn is with for your female partner, she actually feels, as I said earlier, safer, but it actually requires a woman to be like, wow, I can really go there. I can, I mean, in our, in our sex life, I started having, you know, um, really deep vaginal, like basically squirting orgasms. And I was freaked out. I was like, what the hell is going on? Um, I had such intense energy moving through my body. Um, I felt this sort of connection to him. And I, and it's not to sound woo. It just was like, oh, something has opened up here. And I didn't know it could be like that. And so what started to happen is, you know, we, we have a background in, in wellness. And so people started to literally say what they didn't, we weren't talking about it at the time. People come to us and they'd be like, what's going on between you two? It seems like something's different here. And I wrote a, a best-selling book a few years ago and it kind of opened this idea that, you know, we could teach other people how to do this. And when you learn how to do this and you have this level of connection, there is not only a sense of, as Ian said earlier, power in who you are, you have, you gain a sense of self-mastery. And in our relationship, I, it, it, I literally feel like he, hundred percent has my back. He would do anything to step up and be in that place with me. And I would do anything for him. And I think that in a world where, especially right now, we feel so alone and isolated and there is so much tension between men and women and just tension in ourselves that actually learning how to dive into, you know, powerful, powerful sexuality and who we're being in the bedroom, it translates into all areas of our life. And that's really why we started doing this work. And when and Ian said, you know, we we call it seven star love because it's not just five star. I mean, we work with people that are like, I want more than just five star. I want to live a life that's like unshakable. I am kind of, you know, regardless of what's going on in the world, I have the center in myself. And whether we want to admit it or not in our very sort of, you know, post patriarchal, post-Protestant culture, sexuality and sexual energy is the energy to harness. And it's the life creative energy. And when we're not tapped into that, I think we actually become a little split off from the truth of who we are and almost, you know, psychopathic. So why not actually like dive into this? (laughs) Not to mention like, why not have amazing orgasms as both a man and a woman and actually experience a depth of transformation through sexuality rather than just, you know, using each other's bodies to masturbate on, basically. That's what's happening a lot of times yeah. in sex. So. I'm, I'm going to do something that Miranda loves. I'm going to ask three questions. <laughs> it's only she hates she always it. forgets what the first two are. I do forget them. I do forget them. Write them down, Miranda. I'm writing them pen. down. I've got so the pen. first question, the first thing I'm say, it's not really a question, or it is a question. How have you got time to do anything else? If you're having sex that's so brilliant, you're breaking beds, beds and you're missing flights and it's like that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, this is all, this is a lifestyle. So that's, that's just a comment. That's a throwaway. You don't need to answer I'm not going to write that one down. You don't need to answer that. I think it's really interesting because for set, just what you just said, actually, people usually use each other's bodies as um, a masturbatory yeah. tool. Orgasms are usually the goal mm-hmm. and to get there as quickly as possible. And 
I also love that eye fitness is something that as I think um just embraces older people more I think it's a kind of it's would you would you agree that it's something that as you get older you can embrace even more um I don't I don't know like I think I was still pretty young when we started to practice this um I think the the what you said about orgasms like just get it you know get it and get it done with is very much a culture we've adopted um through the years of uh, of modernization where people like they just want to go through a fast food line and get their dinner quick move on quick and they want to you know go through the checkout aisle at the grocery store quick and get home quick and speed try and speed life up instead of really enjoying it like these these what we're talking about here tantric sex and and the spirituality of sex that we're talking about, these are ancient friendly, uh, traditions that people practiced years ago that society just decided to forget so that they could like, really hurt us together like sheep. I think the thing too, you know, when we talk about this, it's like when we, because, you know, whatever it was 10 or 15 years ago when people first started talking about tantric sex and staying blessed and was talking about having like sex for seven or eight hours. And I was like, dude, like I got shit to do, you know, like <laughs> I don't, I don't have like 10 assistants doing everything for me. Um, so just to go back to your question, you know, maybe about time is like, this isn't about for us, you know, like, oh my God, hours and hours. It is saying we are, well, but I will say this to what Ian said, is that we're elevating our sex life. We elevate intimacy. It's not, a, a, I got to check this off my list or service sex or anything like that. And it's a shift, you know, and it was a real shift for me. And it was actually a tiny bit challenging because of my own defensiveness, of my own go-getter nature, of my own like entrepreneurial, like, you know, woman on fire kind of thing. And I had to make a shift to say, my sex life, my marriage, my relationship with my husband is actually the fuel behind the success I have in my life versus a detraction from it. And I think that that's a shift. And often with the people that we work with, you know, they're, they're high achievers also. And they're saying, I feel like something's missing and I don't quite know what it is. I feel like my relationship could be better. My sex life could be better. I could feel better about myself. And as Ian said, it's often a, it's a shift from going from like fast food sex and relationship to actually like a, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, like gourmet or uh, succulent sex life that's actually deeply satisfying. And don't tell me that you don't want this. Of course we want this. We've told ourselves that we can't have it or that we, you know, there's no good men or there's no good women or whatever the, the story is. But the truth is we have to actually just one mentally and emotionally decide that this is what I want, open up to it. And then two, actually learn the skills of, of creating this. And your life does actually transform. And, you know, Ian and I don't have hours and hours of sex every single day. We don't even have sex every single day. But I think the shift has been that we, you know, as he said earlier, went from a place of near divorce. Well, what was the big shift? We actually prioritized our intimate life and we prioritized each other rather than just being roommates. And so if you're listening, this isn't about like, oh God, here's another thing I have to you know, put on my to-do list. I'm already overwhelmed. It's to say, no, this actually is a way of, of you know, elevating your energy, elevating your relationship, having a really great time with the person that you've committed to. You and know? how interesting that sex is that important getting that right, the impact is, is across the board to the extent that it saves a marriage. I think, but Mary, before you say something, I think, I think um, what I meant about the age thing was because I, I'm older and 
more and more now, the stuff I write and read is about how if you're older, you have more adventurous sex because you're coming away from penetrative sex because there are some issues around penetrative sex for you know erectile vagina, whatever the issues are. But I've confused myself because this is still like this is still this is a hard on going on going on. But the thought around it that uh, that owning your power and making it something really intimate and making it something really special and not just a body as a wanking board. That's the, still the same ethos, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, the thing that you're, we, we just responded to, uh, uh, we had another interview where someone asked us this very question about like, well, you know, as you get older, you just kind of fall apart. That's the way it goes. And we said, uh, no, actually, that's a total false belief about your own biology. And I think what you're speaking to, Vivi, is like, there is something I think that does happen as you get quote unquote older, you know, as I start to move into my forties, I was like, I just, I, I, I don't care so much anymore about what people think. I'm willing to own my own sexual expression and power as a woman. I want to have um, this, this vulnerability, this openness and this deep soulful satisfaction. And there is all kinds of studies that say, yeah, as you get older, sex actually gets better. Oh yeah. And so this is, you know, but this part of this too is, as Ian said, this is the mind body connection, which it's just a matter of training yourself. It doesn't matter what age you're at. You know, he started doing this, he said in his twenties and now, you know, 20, 20 some years later, it's, it's increasing, increasing, but you know, I think the the trouble that, I mean, we take issue with a little bit of the stuff that's coming out that says, you know, women can't orgasm having penetrative sex or men can't hold an erection for X amount of time. And it's total BS. It's not. We just, we keep telling ourselves these stories instead of learning actually how powerful and amazing our bodies are. So again, the narrative are. is dictating it rather than the other way. Wish I'd, wish I'd bolded Dick then. Uh, Miranda. <laughs> I would just like to know where people can start. So I love the story. You get on the plane to do, as you said, your Wawa stuff. <laughs> and Ian, in the meantime, is doing his own thing. So if someone else is out there and they want to give their partner one of the greatest welcome home presents I think I've ever heard of, where can, where can they start? About a mile from Stansted Airport. <laughs> 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 um, really I think the first place to start is to, to really decide what you want your sex life what you want your intimate life with your partner to look like and then really go and get some help if you're not there already but this is you know and a real simple tool is what what you're doing as a man is you're actually connecting to what's called the pc muscle which is the literally the muscle that pulls up the scrotum and so one of the things to start doing is actually just make a deeper connection to that muscle and you know as ian said yes make a decision that this is what you want to do but and why you want to do this because it's going to be amazing for you and for your female partner and then it's just really a matter of actually reconnecting to this and i think so many men also say well i have no i have no control over what he's doing down there you know and it's total bs that's not true you can begin to actually connect with this. So I think as Ian said, he made this decision around it. He, you know, he did, he did learn how to do this through outside resources, but it was also then, okay, well, I learned how to, how to connect to the PC muscle, which is just your pelvic floor muscle. And part of that is just literally learning how to pull up your scrotum as a man and then drawing the, the lower abdominals back. And to do that, and then you can do that, you know, as you're alone and, um, learning how to basically, you know, retain that. And as Ian said earlier, it's this, the energy pool literally rises inside. So it's not like you don't have an orgasm as a man, you are having an internal orgasm. 
Am I accurate in that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, yeah. It's so, it's so fun. Ian, so what's, what's the longest that you've had sex without orgasming or having the internal ones, but not the kind of final hurrah? Three days. <laughs> Is that a pers- is that too much of a personal question? No, <laughs> no. Like sometimes, you know, sometimes it'll be like two or three times before I'll like release, like or ejaculate, because it's um, the the internal orgasms. And I, you know, I, we spoke to another podcast about this, but it's it feels more like a what I imagine the the female vaginal orgasm feels like, where it's a wave of energy that you're riding inside of your body. So you're still getting an intense amount of pleasure out of having like intercourse or sex with your partner. It's not like you got, you're in a position where you go, Oh man, I'm, I'm done. I'm wiped out. I'm spent. So really like two, three times somewhere to, you know, a couple days. And then next time you'll decide, it's just really a, a personal decision deciding on, an ejaculatory orgasm because they still feel good too. <laughs> just really just knowing that I'm in control of what we're doing and the time and space and sometimes what my partner's really looking for. So when you do the exercise, is it like when women do the pelvic floor that we kind of just basically squeeze internally? I mean, do you know what I mean? Is it the, the equivalent? We do the, we, st- we stop the we, we do that feeling. Everyone's looking at me like I'm the only person on earth. I'm doing it right now. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, and it's really this same thing, like pulling up on the scrotum or pulling up on that pelvic floor muscle, and then really learning how to contract you, like have control over your core too, to hold that like power. I don't know for, I guess turn have that high frequency cock, like where you can actually hold the ejaculation back because it's it's literally like right there, but you're the one controlling that because we all know well, you can still have them, and that might be another another topic you can still ejaculate and keep going too if you're in control of your um in control of that muscle but yeah same muscles pulling up being able to actually one of the things that you need to know as a man when you're with a woman partner the worst thing you can do is change rhythm or speed or how you're being with her and like kick her off of her way so you need to learn how to control the muscle and still maintain what you're doing and focus somewhere else. I so how long did it take you to um, to sort of master it? Like, was there is there a, a <laughs> I'm thinking of like the goal orientated people. I'm quite a goal orientated person, so I'm like, right, jobs are good, and I know this is finished. So when someone hasn't, you know. <laughs> done their thing in a in a visible way then I'm like oh I need something else so I'm like I can move that goal to right well let's move this goal to figuring out how long and what we need to do to um to get to a non-ejaculatory orgasm I'm so sorry I can't say the word properly (laughs) I want to say one thing before Ian answers that Miranda is you as a woman when you feel see your man have this kind of experience you'll know sister like it is <laughs> it is like and if you want a man to adore you like the queen goddess that you are yeah. like this is it because 
you like you'll know it's it's it is because when I, I I can feel I can see you know uh, in it have this kind of experience it's like you know it's not quite like the exorcism scene but it's like you know he <laughs> I know like that it's sounds so like, sexy I know right <laughs> but he, it's it's amazing actually to really be with somebody and see them not just have a biological response but to actually have like a full body. Mm-hmm. emotional, like, you know, big internal explosion where, and, and for him to do that with me, I also feel almost really blessed because it's like, wow, that's big energy. That's, that's big emotion. That's like letting something more than just, you know, a splat on the wall happen here. Yeah. Um, but how long did it take you to, I don't think it took you actually that long. <laughs> Not really that long. There was, um, as Shasta said, she was gone for, um, she was gone for four months when she left for India. So I had time to practice <laughs> by myself. <laughs> it also sounds like, cause we don't think we're going to get the vaccines properly until like September. So we definitely got four months to practice yeah. out there. Yeah. So, yeah. So, <laughs> attitude. Yeah. I quite like this. Well, I love this because is there a thing like, because I hear a lot of all these incels and nasty twats like that, that are like, oh, no, I'm not going to have sex because then it takes away all my power. And it's like, well, this this sounds like even more power. Do you know what I mean? Like, this sounds even more powerful. Like, I want to give them your website and say, you think you're having some kind of power by not having sex. And this is actually where you can treat a woman or treat your partner, whatever gender they may be, with respect and with love and in a way where they, you know, give it right back and you still control your own power. Well, we have to remember too, you know, I mean, we've, we've, I'm going to like step on my soapbox for a second here. We've been living through 2000 years of patriarchy. And what was one of the first things that patriarchy did? It said, I'm going to shame and guilt you about your own power. And what's the most powerful energy in the world? Well, your own creative sexual power. So what did patriarchy do? It made sex wrong. It made women wrong, made pleasure wrong. And if you look and not that far back, regardless of what you're cultural background is all of our ancestors actually knew the power of sexuality, the power of intimacy and honored that in each other and honored, you know, the feminine masculine principle. So in many ways, what Ian and I are teaching is we're teaching people how to return to what this ancient knowledge is within inside of you. I mean, and you can see right now uh, we're in the midst of a pandemic and yet people are, are, you know, they're ignoring laws or ignoring what's required because we are so wired for connection. We are so wired for fulfillment. We are so wired for intimacy. So this is actually return to the truth of who we are. This is a return to the, the knowledge and the sort of DNA coded in all of us that says, actually, the gateway to your greatness is through your genitals. And stop allowing, whether it's religion or government or schooling or your culture or your family, to tell you that you're wrong because... This is what life in many ways is about. I'm not just talking about sex. I'm talking about the level of transformation and transmission that only happens, honestly, through this type of, you know, deep, intimate connection. And I, you know, and I've been on a spiritual path. We've been through many, many different modalities. And I'll tell you, for for me, I feel like my intimate life, my sex life has been the most transformative, eye-opening, enlightening experience that I've had. And so 
everything you just said, Miranda, is correct in that we have this weird wave happening in our culture that we don't quite know how to respond to, you know, our, our own bodies, our own, um, and, and the, the disparity in ourselves and the disparity in the genders. And so we're like, well, here's my reaction. I'm just going to not deal with this. And I see it a lot of in, with women too. And I say, that's not the point. You actually got to go into this. You got to go in and reclaim the truth of who you are. And there is so much wisdom and power in your own, uh, you, you know, genitals, male or female. And so why not harness this? But it means letting go of all those stories and saying, I'm willing. And it does take a level of insight and courage, I think, to be like, I'm, you, nobody gets to have this level of uh, influence and shame over me anymore. I'm going to decide. It takes a level of insight and courage to, to explore that. And I love what you're saying about this. I love that it's kind of like going back and it's, you know, you're right at the Kama Sutra or the traditions where, you know, the sexuality is really linked with intimacy, which is, and then is all power. How different to some of the situations we're in now, we're in lockdown and people are, are wanking over Zoom to each other. Do you know what I mean? Do you feel that you're going against something, the, the technology and time and, and the time, the crazy time the world's in, is going to be against or is this something we still fight for and we can still get maybe afterwards but do you know what I mean the, the difference between what you're talking about which sounds incredible that salvages a marriage that brings you to this incredible stage in your life as opposed to people that are dating online and, and mutually wanking mm-hmm. well I think I mean what I would say to this is one I understand there's a biological need and there's a sort of like connection need However, I think even through, you know, virtual, let's call it virtual sex and mutual masturbation, I think there's also just the mental emotional approach to that. And so am I approaching this as I'm, I'm here just to get off or I'm here for some, you know, physical, which is cool. Sometimes we do just need that. Um, or am I actually willing to open myself up? to this person in a energetic, you know, emotional, mental connection, which can still happen through, through Zoom and through virtual creation. We're very blessed in many ways to have these technologies right now. But it, I think, again, it really comes to, you know, intention and, and why am I here and what am I doing? I do believe, and Ian and I, you know, have spoken to this very clearly, is that it's like anything right now, there's a sort of repressed need. So as we come out of lockdown, I mean, why not be ready okay, for this time yeah. of connection, yeah. you know, because yeah. we're going to see a renaissance in, in yeah. all areas. Yeah. Well, I think you're, I think you're bang on is to, with lockdown and just, virtual sex and virtual connection trying to keep um dating relationships together it's i think the it, it's only going to be a bigger explosion of people really wanting to um fulfill what they're what they've been lacking for whether it be six months ten months a year it's it you you, you can't stop the energy between two people wanting to connect on that level Ian, you must stop saying explosion. Can I just say? <laughs> oh my god, I am so psyched about this. Yeah, really. Where yeah. can people? Where can people start? Where can people find out more information? You can find us at sevenstarlove.com. That's the number seven s t a r love.com. And we also have a podcast called Sexcellence, where we talk very transparently about our lives, our sex lives, lots of how to, and our our clients' success stories. And then we're on Instagram at the seven star love. Fantastic. Excellence. Well done for that. <laughs> Thank you. Very jealous about Very that. Good. Can't lie. Can't Very lie. good.
our guests, Shasta and Ian from Seven Star Love, not Five Star Love. I'm sorry about that. I got that buggered up in the intro. Honestly, I had one job, one job. Wasn't that fascinating? I want their relationship. She was just, they they love each other. Yeah. And if if eight hour sex, but not even that. that. Just like, just like, uh, what a lovely little coming home present. You go to India and you know <laughs> do all your rah rahs. I'm gonna learn how to do tantric sex and keep you occupied. <laughs> but also, like, you know what they were saying about how. Um, because when when I was talking to you know when I thought oh they'd be great guests like I was also thinking what a great technique obviously we all want to learn how to have better bangier sex but the fact that this whole thing the non-ejaculation thing wasn't about not ejaculating but about making their relationship better yeah so interesting yeah and how yeah how it was more about the relationship rather than the physical yeah See, this is a love story. Yeah. See, I know you don't. I know you. I know you mock me for being a romantic, but I see. Should we both try and say the words together? Non ejaculate. Non non ejaculate. No, it's not happening. But I really, I really like. I really like the idea of like it's all about honouring yourself and honouring your relationship and honouring your partner rather than just it being about the boom bang a bang. I totally agree. I totally agree on any other Lulu top 10 here. But I also think, <laughs> it was one for the kids there. I also, I was thinking it's so interesting how that seems to be so different to what is happening now, especially during COVID, which is if it's like online sex. But I also like how they brought me up on that and they were right to in that there's still a place for that. There's still a place for the kind of, you know, getting the pups out or doing whatever you're going to do online. But the whole point is honouring people within that and honouring yourself most importantly. So, yeah, I loved it. I thought they were, they were brilliant. Yeah. Were they as brilliant as me, Bibi Lynch and you, Miranda Kane? Not at all. Not <laughs> at all. <laughs> Good Sex, Bad Sex was produced by <laughs> Juliet Nichols for Metro.co.uk. And you can get... They were really good, though. They were very they were close. They were very good. You can get in touch with us at Twitter, at Good Sex, Bad Sex, with the triple X at the end. Annoying. Um, and also, if you have a sexy question, query, or just want to get... In in touch or you're thinking oh, yeah, something to I'd, say I'd be a really good guest I'd be on a that. guest I'd be a really good guest first of all check your ego and then <laughs> get in touch info at sexpod.co.uk and in the meantime we are going to see you next week 